office with me is Pastor Miguel Gomez Acosta. Some of you may know Pastor Miguel has been in the office of the bishop longer than anybody else because he also served under Bishop Steve Talmadge. He is our director of evangelical missions. And Pastor Miguel, I say, is responsible for church vitality. There is also Deacon Janice Zimbelman. She is our um, transition, director of transitions. Um, that's what you all would know as mobility. And we do transitions in a team approach now. We have just added to the team um, Pastor Dan Potasnik, who is our Bishop Associate for Generosity. Now, if that is not one of the coolest titles ever invented, I'm a little envious of that title. I kind of want something like that. Can I be the Bishop's Associate for Fun? <laughs> I bet you would have had me here a lot sooner if that was my title. That is your rostered um, full-time staff in some way. Um, Pastor Dan is called three-quarters time to the Synod office, and then he does fulfill a one-quarter time at St. John Lutheran Church in Glendale because of just the way the um, church-wide rules are written and how bishop staff is called and different things. He needed to be called for a congregation, and it is his first call. The Bishop's Associate for Generosity is basically um, Dan is responsible for encouraging congregations to recognize all the different ways that we get to give in a church, um, to help um, encourage you to set up endowments and such things, but also how do we tell the stories and help illustrate how we all work together as three expressions of the church, the congregation, the synod, and church-wide. And so Dan is here to kind of pull those things together better for us and help us live into that a lot more fully. So it is really exciting that we went from a three-pronged stool to now a very stable four-legged stool that you call it a ladder, and we can just build higher. And so those are the great things happening in the office of the bishop. We have some great support staff. If you ever call into the office, you are going to get Miss Teresa Thornburg, the nicest person God ever invented. Praise God for Teresa. She makes me look really good because y'all call, and she's super nice and everything, so you think I'm going to be like that. Yay. There's also Mr. Brian Flatgard, our director of communications. And Brian is responsible for the newsletter that comes out every Friday morning. If you are not getting that in your email, please go to gcsynod.org and sign up. The newsletter is just chock full of information. I have to read the newsletter every Friday so that I have some idea what anybody's doing. Where's Bishop at? Where's Miguel at? What's going on? Oh, what's Dan doing? Oh, it's in the newsletter. Okay, now I can tell people what's happening. So that's a good thing. There are several other part-time people in our office doing all kind of great things. We have an advocacy. Have you had Solvay here yet? Um, Solvay is our director of advocacy, Lama, um, and she's part-time in the Senate staff, but she is helping us live into as Lutherans how we can advocate for ourselves, advocate for the person next to us, and advocate for the person out on the street. And so helping those things, voter registration, what bills are coming up, Right now, the big thing is hunger, because um, one of the things that, praise God, my children have heard me say, hungry people make bad decisions. So the better we can get people fed in all the ways, um, bodily, spiritually, emotionally, the better we're all going to be as a society. So Solvay is doing some of those things. Um, Amy Burchard does our finances in the office. Oh, amen. There you go. So see? <laughs> Um, I love to tell people, one day I'm going to get my act together, and I'm going to have a wonderful slide presentation to go with this. I haven't gotten there yet. Pray for me. <laughs> I'm going to stick
stick around after services. I'll be here for the later service. I'll be here a little bit after that. If you have questions about the Synod office, I am fully accessible. Um, Bishop Deborah is way accessible, but you can find me, especially as like the only black person on the staff. I'm there, not a problem at all. Um, call Teresa, she'll tell you how to get me. Um, we can change numbers, whatever it takes, because I get to do lots of other things, not just candidacy. I help our leaders figure out how to lead, what resources and tools can they use to lead. I do things with our young adults and youth. Um, I am always excited to come to congregations and meet whoever is the most boisterous child in the children's message and say, you're gonna make a great pastor one day. Because it is up to us to build up the leaders, to remind children that not only can they be firefighters and police officers and lawyers and doctors and engineers, they can be pastors and deacons. Um, personally, I am well blessed with three children. Um, my youngest is my little mini-me. Please pray for her. <laughs> poor child, poor, poor child. And people will ask her, you know, are you gonna be a pastor like your mom? Because she has a good presence and she's very willing to speak in public. And I said, no. Do not become a pastor because the church needs good lawyers and doctors and engineers who can pay for the pastor. So, because we need all people to make sure the body of Christ is working and functioning as well as, well as everything. So not only do I get to tell you about me, my, fav my third favorite subject, um, my other favorite subjects are my family, of course, and Jesus. I get to share the good news for today. The good news for the day is Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. A little bit different in the reading we heard this morning, but you all know that. You all have heard that. You may have life in abundance. Did any of you go to rally in the valley when that event was held here a few years ago? It was, it was an older event. I'm betting, betting Pastor Steve remembers it. Um, then Bishop Mark Hansen was here and he spoke and he said something to the effect that no one goes to church and expects to see God anymore. Now, I was not at the event because the event is specific for people who are a little bit older than me. Um, and I was just a child when it happened. You know, actually, I was probably doing my internship at Shepherd the Valley. This is my home synod and I have been part of the ELCA for 30 years. I was sharing with Pastor Steve that I bring, blame everything on my husband because that's what good husbands are for, right? They think you can blame everything on him. I married into the Lutheran tradition and I fell in love. I found the church and the message is grace abounds. And I thought, that is something cool. I want some of that. So I jumped in hook, line, and sinker. And now here I am as a pastor and I've been ordained for 13, 14 years, somewhere around there. My first call was at Trinity Lutheran Church over in Sunny Slope. And then from there, Bishop Deborah called me into her office um, to do candidacy and faith formation. And I don't know if I heard a sermon about Bishop Hansen saying this, or um, I read it in the Lutheran, or I don't know. But that question has always struck me, or that statement. No one goes to church and expects to see God anymore. So why do we go to church? Do we come here to see God? Are we here because we know for sure at this time, this is where Jesus is. Is it for the coffee? Is it because all of our friends are here? Maybe you're kind of like me and you don't even know what else you would do on a Sunday morning besides go to church. After all, everything that God's done for you the last week, an hour on Sunday is the least we can do, right? 
that's how some of us think, except millennials, they don't go to church. Gen Zers have no idea what church is. And you know, and then there was COVID, nobody went to church, and not everybody is coming back. So why are we all here? If this was my congregation and we had, you know, like an hour and I could play my Baptist preacher on TV role, we'd stop and have a conversation. Why are you here? What difference does it make? It could be because your wife made you. I wish I could make my husband do stuff. He graciously came with me this morning. As I go around the Synod and I peek into all of our worship insights, I see that they are all different. We're all Lutheran, and I love to tell people, with a cranberry hymnal and a Bible and a book of contours, you too can be Lutheran. <laughs> the easiest answer as to why we go to church is because we can. I know every generation says, kids these days, get off of my grass. Okay, we don't say that because we have desert landscaping. I think we are having the biggest generational clash that the world has ever seen. And it's not so much that, you know, we're just old and set in our ways and we know that things are supposed to happen a certain way. And I imagine that you have all caught yourself saying something like, the world is so different now. The world is so violent now. Everything is so expensive. I can't believe when I was a kid, it was just so different. Yes. And the world today is also both and. Our world, the United States, is the least Christian it has ever been in the history of the United States. It's not more Catholic, it's not more Muslim, it's not more something else. Overall, the United States is nothing and everything all at once. We have to talk about that a little bit more in a little bit different setting, but you're going to have to just go with me. I love to remind pastors that it is not a matter of introducing and telling the, retelling the stories of scripture to people and reminding them to get them to come back to church. It is a matter of introducing and telling people brand new the stories of the Bible, the stories that we consider our norm. We take the Bible and we say, based on everything we know, based on all of history, based on how we've been taught, we're gonna say the Bible is the basis for how we understand life. And what we know for sure is there are people, lots and lots of people that have no idea what we're talking about. There used to be a time where you could say something about the Bible and people kind of shook their head and knew what you were talking about. Now when you say something about the Bible, people are like, oh, what's that? What? Insanity, I tell you, pure insanity. But that's because I'm, I'm biased and I think the Bible is a beautiful book. This is what I say, everybody should have their favorite prophet and their favorite disciple. That way, when you're out in the world and you're doing whatever you're doing and life comes at you hard, you can say, Peter is my dude. If Peter could open his mouth and insert foot and Jesus could still love him, I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> Isaiah is my favorite prophet. Isaiah is one of the most hopeful books I think is in scripture. And so I encourage everybody, have your favorite prophet, have your favorite disciple, know them inside and out, study them on your own. I love being at Trinity Lutheran Church and I kind of argue with, no, because that's not true. Pastors don't argue with people because you know, we're 
other than Shane would never argue with anybody. Um, but, you know, I'd say, bring your Bible to church. Read it yourself. It's actually okay if you get an inexpensive Bible and you write in that one. Keep the nice fancy one and don't write in that one because I understand, you know, heaven forbid you should write in your Bible. But, hey, guess what? You can write in your Bible. It'll be okay. And this guy said, well, why do I need to know all that? That's what I have you for. I said, well, how do you know I'm not making it up? We get to read these things for our own and know. We get to hear the good news today. Jesus came so that we may have life in abundance. This is what I know for sure. I appreciate y'all are with me. You're shaking your heads. You're laughing. I know I need to wrap this up because some of y'all have lunch dates. But we're going to keep it simple. I always clearly declare the good news because I don't want you to go away and say, what was she talking about? She was pretty and everything, but I don't know what she said. I want you to know clearly what it is you might get to tell somebody else. Jesus came so that we may have life in abundance. The tension for all of us is how do we continue to proclaim the same old gospel in a new, exciting, and relevant way? How do we get people to fall in love with Jesus as much as Jesus is in love with us? How do we present the necessary rituals in a way that are easy to understand, easy to duplicate, and worth all the trouble? And most of all, how do we keep loving the people through life, through the good times and through the bad times? I always love when we have the scripture of um, love thy neighbor as thyself. And I want to say, Jesus, do you know my neighbor? <laughs> now I am that neighbor because I have the dog that barks all the time. And I'm saying, people, please just love me. It's going to be okay. How do we love each other through our lives when really what we want is for God to fix everything as if God is a genie in a lamp? Do we really have to do the work? These are not just the problems of the pastor. These are the problems for all of us, all of us who call ourselves Christians. We get to make sure everyone knows Jesus came so that you may have life in abundance. Being Christian is difficult. We have to look for God that is hard to see through social media, illegal drugs, and the opportunity to just cancel something out of your life when you don't like it. How can we expect to see God when the Kardashians are everywhere? The price of fuel keeps going up, and cancer is real. This is when we must stretch more, pray harder, and see God more clearly. This is when we get to live our best lives and live it abundantly. Yes. I'm going to give you all some credit because there's not as many people over there. <laughs> so, amen. This is when we get to say, I'm sorry, and actually repent. Remember our baptism. Run to the altar for communion. And yes, give your money to the church. God don't need it, but the church does. Amen? Amen? This is when we get to believe that miracles do happen. The world is different because people are different, and church has changed. Praise the Lord. God gave us the gift of church so that we can be community together and figure out how to live into God's kingdom with each other. 
we get redemption because we have a savior that is willing to lay down his life for us, his sheep. What other way is there? Why do we settle for less? Why do we let okay just be okay? Our salvation is still in a savior that died on the cross for us. There will be one flock and one shepherd. The shepherd that holds the gate. The book of John point the book of John point is to be sure we understand that Jesus is God and God is Jesus. We are of God, Jesus is in us and the Holy Spirit is for us. What more could we want? How much better can it get? Why believe something else? Pastor Jackie Thane, do I have to bring my children to church? Yes. Why do my children have to come to church? Because, here we go, this is not in my script, bear with me. If I go over, just give me the, the signal, okay? When mommy is pregnant with a baby, mommy rubs the belly, people come up and talk to the baby, and whatever your language is, that's how you talk to your baby. Oh, baby, we love you. We can't wait to see you. We're so excited that you're coming. It's going to be great. We're getting things ready. Even if the baby is coming from bad, however the baby got there, having a baby is always a good thing. Nobody has a child, waits till the child is 11 or 12, and says, okay, guess what? There's all these languages. Pick one, and we'll talk back. So why would we do that with our faith? Bring your children to church. Make sure they have the faith and the language to talk to your God that you know, that you're familiar with. And then when they get 11, 12 confirmation, you can say, hey, guess what? There are all these other traditions. There are multiple ways to see God. How about we explore and see if something fits you, us, life better? Don't wait until they're 11 or 12 and say, oh, you need to come to church. They've never been there. How are they going to act? And then this is the critical, critical thing from the um, Dr. Sheely conversation. He said a lot of the same things he had said last year. I attended online this year because I had wonderful family stuff going on. It was calm last night, pretty much so. Um, people of your age, you guys get a buy because you might be a little bit younger, maybe, just a little bit. Delaney and Riley get a buy because they are here and I, I hope y'all getting paid. Okay, you really shouldn't be getting paid, but anyway, I'm glad you're here. Boomers especially, Gen X kind of, why go to church? You never told your children why to go to church. You don't tell your grandchildren why to go to church. And so now you're mad that they don't want to go to church. No kidding. You want them to go to church just because that's what you do? Do you know how much fun you can have on a Sunday morning? There's this thing called like coffee and donuts and bed. You can have all three of those things at once on a Sunday morning. But you want me to go to church with people that are going to be mad that I don't want to wear shoes? You want me to go to church with people who are going to be upset that I have a tattoo? You want me to go to church and they're going to ask me for my money, but I'm barely making my rent? Why? We must be better about explaining the why. Because it's not just church, it's Jesus. Jesus is real. Jesus matters. Jesus makes a difference. And Jesus came so that we could have life in abundance. Amen. That was not in my phone.
question is, are we going through the gate that Jesus has opened for us? Are we waiting for something to happen? Are we putting God first or are we letting the world come in and decide our fate? Who is deciding how you live your life? Who decides how this church lives? Are you living into abundance or are you functioning from scarcity? Will someone else come along and take care of this property, take care of the education of the children, the nurturing of the faith of the people who are here? Do you live your life with intention or are you just letting things happen? Do we even know the gate is open? Do we know to whom we belong? Do we believe that Jesus actually died, rose again, and will come to judge the living and the dead? We may feel like our way of being is under attack, but the battle is not ours. Jesus always fights for us, for you, for me. No, you don't have to. I got God and God's got me. We win the battle by putting our trust in Jesus, reading scripture, coming to church whenever you can, receiving communion every time it's offered because every time it's special, creating peace in your home, treating others the way you wish to be treated. Stop doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different response. Insanity. But so is nobody knowing what the Bible is. Do something different. Actually read it for yourself. Do the things that show you love yourself. Eat decent food. Drink water regularly. Go to bed at night. Put your phone down. Be a good friend. You want a good friend? Be a good friend. We are in this together. We get to have wonderful church. We have beautiful church buildings all around. And we get to do church differently. We learned of that yesterday. Tattoo church? Seriously? That must be in Florida. Okay. <laughs> Here is where you come to get built up so you can go out there. You take care of the stuff in here, the rituals, the weddings, the baptisms, the funerals. And then you go out there and do and be. Because we can. This is why we do this. We have choices. We are well blessed. God is good. All the time. God is good all the time. And all the time. Okay. I'm trying to wrap this up. But when I say God is good, you say all the time. I say all the time, you say God is good. Ready? God is good. And all the time? God is good. All right, I'm done. I don't know what else to say. We have Christ, not a hired hand. We have the one who holds the gate open for us and says, please, come through. We have the one who says, I came to give you life 